Welcome to Self-Centered with Lorraine Fontaine, where I check in and have conversations held with my friends, family, and homies about their self-care journey. The goal? To inspire you. To hopefully apply something you hear in this space to your own life. Today, let's discuss being still. That can look different for different people. My idea of being still is sitting by myself without distraction and going into an intentional deep breath. Um, while I'm there, I imagine like what peace is for me. Kind of like when you think of like your happy place. I have multiple happy places. Memories from my childhood, uh, places that I've been to before, places that I've never gone to but I've created in my head. So I, I'll sit there and I'll visit and it's kind of like me, when I go there, I'm still by myself. I'm still at this same space, like resting as I am in like my physical form before I, you know, thought of that place. So I go into that space and like I said, I imagine what peace is. I give my body and my mind time to recharge. That's how I look at being still. Like, I'm moving about all day, or I've moved about all week, and I haven't had time to just kind of, like, chill, relax, and, you know, acknowledge what's around me. And when I go to a place of being still, when I come out of that, I'm way more aware of the things that are are around me. Uh, I know a lot of times folks are out here grinding, 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 and it's going to yield, you know, a big reward in the end, but... What about now? Like, will you be able to reap those benefits of everything that you've worked so hard for if your mental and physical state aren't healthy? And a lot of folks need permission to relax, which is wild to me. Because um, I, let me tell you, so I've never been one to, to not take time for myself, even as a kid. Uh, give yourself time to relax. Allow yourself to relax. Give yourself permission if you need to give yourself permission. If you feel that that's something, just tell yourself. Try to allocate 15 minutes a day if you can and do nothing. Like, sit your ass down and just breathe. Close your eyes if you need to alleviate yourself of distraction. Um, like, my time is usually in the morning before getting my day started for work. I can't remember who I saw recently post this. If it's you, tell me, please. But it was like, I want to give that time in the morning to myself before opening that space up to anyone or anything else. And that kind of, that really settled with me. Because I was like, lately, I've been waking up around 4 a.m. Every morning, that's just what my internal clock has been doing. And I've just accepted that. And I think it really was to force me to dedicate more time to taking care of myself because I wasn't doing such a good job, you know, during the daytime and in my normal day to day overall, like I'll, you know, it's like at the end of the week, I'll (sighs) relax. But I think like that day to day, I think whatever the universe was trying to tell me was just like, Hey, you need to hone in more on yourself, focus way more on, on you and yourself. So, Hey, we're going to give you some time and we're going to force you because you're not going to be able to go back to sleep no matter how hard you try. Uh, so just giving me that time in the morning to dedicate to whatever I want to do. And it usually starts with yoga. I will, well, drinking water. And then I'll go go into my yoga. And and I'll do, I'm, I'm talking like a quick 10, 15 minute practice. And then when I'm in Shavasana, 
that is where I will start kind of like just my meditation. I won't come out of that until I'm fully done with my meditative state. And that has really helped me just kind of find peace throughout the day. Like a lot of bullshit doesn't really phase me anymore uh, the way it used to because I've just been able to manage myself and my emotions way better because I know where like my peace lies. I know where my stillness is inside of me. That's the practice that I have taken on. Um, and I do encourage you guys to try and do that as well. And like I said, give yourself permission daily, weekly, or whatever whatever you feel, you feel like you need. And just dedicate to just being still and breathing. Using that time to, you know, release. Think about, like, releasing what whatever it is that you went through that day. Release it out. Don't hold that shit in. Be cathartic about it. Like, just, like, full-fledged. Just, like... Listen to your body and go through those emotions. I have found, and I'm, I feel like I'm being redundant, but <laughs> I have found like so much peace since I've started like intentionally resting my body and mind like outside of normal sleeping and napping. So yeah, please share in the comments on at selfcenteredpod on Instagram. Uh, ways in which you practice being still, like what does that look like for you? Um, I do look forward to reading them. Uh, now let's get into my conversation with Catherine. My guest today is my sister. Her name is Catherine. And I called her here to, you know, just discuss her journey. I know that she's been through quite a lot in the past couple of years. And um, it's been a lot for her. And so I just wanted to check in with her this week and just kind of, you know, see where she's at. Talk about where she's been, where she's at and where she's going. Um, and so also, you know, I like to open up with asking or having the other guests share how we know each other. And it's pretty obvious. I was here first. Um, correct. Uh, she is four years my senior. And oh my God. <laughs> she just rolled her eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so she's four years my senior. Um, and so, yeah, it's obvious that she was probably there when my mother gave birth to me. Um. I was there special for the cake. Special day. She was at the hospital for the cake, so she at least knew me within within hours of being here, which is which is wonderful. Um, not everybody can say that they you know witness such a miracle. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what I would like to do is right now just ask, how are you feeling right now today in this moment? Um, today's a pretty good day. I am feeling calm but I'm also a little not nervous but a little interested maybe is the better word to see all the questions you're going to ask me and to see if I can you know kind of navigate this self-care conversation I have nothing planned for you Catherine. oh well no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> when did you become aware of self-care like when was that a concept for you um I think I was aware of self-care before self-care was a thing uh, and when I say, but became a thing, like before it became popular in our community, mm-hmm. um, where I started to kind of just take time out for myself, away from my friends, away from my family, so that I could do the things that I wanted to do simply for me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a people pleaser. Um, and in some ways, a good way, in some ways, really? Way. Kind of. <laughs> I said kind of. Anyway, and sometimes. It depends on the situation, but um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, but I tend to, in addition to being a people pleaser, I work in hospitality. So 
being in hospitality, you give a lot of yourself to the client, especially when you're actively dealing with clients. And so I found myself career-wise, especially at the beginning of my career, giving and giving and giving and giving and working hours and hours and hours and not having enough time to do the things that I want. I hung out with coworkers and stuff after work and we'd go out for drinks and party and whatever, but it was never really alone time. So mm-hmm. I'd work from six to six, maybe go out for happy hour. Happy hour turns into going out to the club and I'm out till two, three o'clock in the morning, sleep for three or four hours. And then I'm right back at work to be young again, to be young <laughs> again. Um, but I really wasn't, while I was having a great time, uh-huh. I wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. Aside from all of the hotel food and the excessive drinking and things like that, I really wasn't doing anything for me. I was just having a great time, mm-hmm. which is fun. But when you realize that you don't, you're not getting anything out of it most of the time, mm-hmm. it's, it leaves you unbalanced. So what was like the, the light bulb for you and for that to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so, not taking care of myself right now. I'm drinking excessively. I'm hanging out all nights of the hour, barely getting sleep. So the first time that I had a kind of light bulb go off, and I, and I will be honest, I didn't do anything about it after this light bulb went off, but it was around Thanksgiving, and I was still living in the D.C. area. It was it was Thanksgiving Day, actually. Um, it was like my first day off in months. Um, and so, you know, during the fall, like the weather changes, so it's darker earlier and for longer and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my boyfriend at the time, we were going to his family's house first, and then we were going to go to my family's house. And he was driving down the highway, and I just kind of looked up and looked around at all of the trees, and I was like, oh, my God, the trees are so beautiful. Like, where have I – when did the trees change? The trees look really nice on the East Coast, though. I will give you that. <laughs> but but you would think that me driving that same highway every day to go to work, that I would have at some point noticed the stupid trees. Mm-hmm. I never once noticed those trees. And it's November, so the trees had been that way for at least two, at least two months. Yeah. So that was my first thought, like, okay, Catherine, you're working entirely too much. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not life. I didn't really think the parting part had anything to do with it. Of course you wouldn't, because you're enjoying that. Because I'm enjoying that part. You know, I, I still don't realize how it was depleting me, too. But I, it was really, like, the first sign of, like, okay, I think I need to get out of this particular job role so I can give get more time back. So that was just, like, your moment of I need to slow down and like pay attention to what's going on around me or like what was the it was like (sighs) man I let all of this I miss the natural occurrences in the world pass Mm -hmm. me by Mm -hmm. because I was working yeah and for what you know I wasn't making (laughs) they don't don't care about me like I caught pneumonia I think that's the same year I had pneumonia and I literally like the day I caught pneumonia while I was on vacation I work 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 and I got off the plane, I took a nap when I got home, and I was dying when I woke up. Mm-hmm. And the f- next couple of days or so, I was just literally out of commission, couldn't keep any food down, in, out, on, around. I was hot, I was cold, in the hospital for a night-ish. Um, breathing treatment, lost 20, 30 pounds. Um, losing that weight then, but the everything else that came with it, like, I like every. People who know me know I like to sing obnoxiously to a point. 
and I couldn't, and it couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't even sing even Mm -hmm. after I had gotten better Mm -hmm. because I still had a little bit of fluid on my lungs. So I couldn't even enjoy driving down the highway singing to my favorite songs because I had worked so hard. My body was like, okay, you need to rest. So we're going to give you something to rest. It forces you. It forced me down. (laughs) Like it forced me down. Life has a way of doing that. Like that's that 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 wake up call that yeah. notice and be like, actually, you're gonna get sick right now, and we're gonna force you to stay inside and take care of yourself. Yeah, and n- no, you can't hang out with any of your friends, and no, you can't go anywhere, and no, you can't go eat all the things you plan to go eat when you got home. No, no, nothing. No, no, full stop. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what my body did. And then by November, it's when I realized, oh shit, I'm really letting life pass me by like I'm how do you miss the trees turning colors like you don't think about it like you're like oh it's you know as you're driving September oh the weather changes a little bit oh a couple of leaves start falling you get to see the natural progression when you're able to experience it but when you're totally removed from it you miss stuff like that yeah and it I couldn't believe how shocked I was I was like that was kind of my note to say note to self Mm -hmm. we got to get out of here I'm glad you listened to it. And I got out of there. Yeah. I, I, I'm still stuck in hospitality. I'm still in hospitality to this day. Uh, to this to day. day. To this, to this day. day. My next position, I found myself doing something that I really enjoyed doing. And I got to travel on top of it for a couple of years. And so that's where I started to cultivate self-care or me time and however you want to want to put it and I was kind of forced into that me time because you really wasn't home I was never home it wasn't and it so it I had to unlearn being comfortable at home and finding comfort outside of my own house um and then also making sure I knew that I was just simply alone and not lonely that was a lesson Mm -hmm. I kind of learned very early that a lot of people don't really get a maybe they never even have a chance to really learn the difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found a lot of solace in being alone and I really enjoy it. It's so beautiful. (laughs) I love being alone. You can just sit and be by yourself and it is just like, yo, I'm really content right now. I don't really, I would, I don't mind the company, but I am really good on my own. And this is peaceful and I can talk to myself. I can listen mm -hmm. to myself. I can, dance i could do whatever i want to do mm-hmm. and it's just like i'm enjoying it. and it's and it's it's fun mm-hmm. right like when you can get to know who you yeah. are and be like, yeah and that's how i got to know myself too like it sounds weird when people say oh i found out who i was well it's like that's bitch so why didn't you know who the yeah. fuck you were because i never spent time by myself you know as a child you are basically in, in depending on how you're raised and let me just clear that up but depending on how you're raised if you have a heavy parental influence in your life or presence they could be co- very influential in how you perceive yourself mm-hmm. um and, and how, in terms of who you are now how do you think that how we grew up or how you grew up because i feel like there were differences mm-hmm. in how we were treated not necessarily treated but raised given different we were given different sets of rules and different boundaries absolutely so how do you think that affected you so for me because I was the first I think I had a lot more boundaries and restrictions than you and Jamal um Jamal's and, our brother oh yeah the little guy not so little but he's four years my junior you doing this thing again. I am okay okay um and so I think that because I was the firstborn, my parents didn't really know what to do per se 
and they had their own experiences as growing up as children and in, uh, in their own how they grew up I think they did what they could with what they knew and then they did their best to kind of like give me guidance and reassurance but in the ways that they felt comfortable or the ways that they knew and so let's say for example if money was a thing in your household growing up right if your parents are concerned about making sure that you're secure and they may be more concerned with you going down a career path that leads you to this perceived stability of perceived financial stability um opposed to you may want to be or you may be more inclined to the arts and that's kind of what happened with me a little bit i really wanted to go the art route um, cause I can draw a little bit. I, I like to dance. I'm not the best dancer. I don't know. I mean, I probably could have been if I got involved in it. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, singing, I've performed competitively in UIL. Shout out Texas. Uh, hashtag things I don't know about my sister. <laughs> and so it does, there, it is a conflict, but as a child, you don't know it's a conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because as a child, what you know is to do what your parents ask you to do and to be respectful of them. Assume, and again, assuming you grew up in a nurturing environment like mm-hmm. that. Which we did. We did. We absolutely yeah. did. Um, and so for me, I was very, my mom supported me in the arts in a way where she would make sure that she bought me art supplies and things that I could draw and color with and paint. And she let me use like her calligraphy set when she had it and things like that. But as far as like where my technical training lied, um, it was really heavily influenced by my dad. And he was, and he was probably, he was really, what's the word I'm looking for? He realized computers were going to be a thing at the beginning. Yeah. Is, I don't yes. know. There's a term for that somewhere in there, but he knew in the early in the late '80s that computers are going to be a thing. Intuitive? Is that the, uh, maybe? I don't, I don't, I don't perceptive? Know, maybe? Perceptive. Maybe perceptive? Or maybe it clicked for him. Let, let's just say he that. knew. He knew. <laughs> he was on it. <laughs> he knew that computers were going to be a thing, so he made sure to steer me in a direction where I could be um, always relevant in the terms of skill set and have the best chance of financial stability and we know that the creative arts may not always have that but I think what people miss in that is that if you are nurtured and trained and developed and all of that stuff they can equally be fruitful and Mm -hmm. stable you know but again our parents are older and so they don't their their perception of stability is totally different than what ours is right now and so for me getting the hospitality was kind of like the bridge of being creative and being a business person Mm -hmm. um so I kind of had to unlearn as I went through my career the things that my father kind of taught me were important or how to do things that were important even like how to talk to a boss or how to fix a resume or what I should do Mm -hmm. um and this doesn't really sound like self-care but when you when you know things about yourself like okay I want to do these fun pretty things or creative things and you've kind of got this other kind of overarching theme of business numbers money computers the things that's making you money things that make you money and it's really fun making money is awesome right I'm making money greatest we thing love it, yeah. love it. I, I thoroughly enjoy making money but I would even I would be ecstatic if I could make money if I knew that I could make money doing the things I loved at those formative years as opposed to the things that you were just good at as, as opposed to things I was just good at um correct yeah, so go I, ahead. Would, I would say in regard to that like that's kind of something that I've in speaking to like my colleagues and just you know my friends and stuff like that where we feel okay we have a job that makes money it pays the bills it is you know corporate career-wise and it's just like 
I need this outlet to be creative. I, I need, it's like an itch that you need to scratch. It's just like, I need something that is going to fulfill my, my right brain, my creative mm-hmm. side. Like whether it's like you said, you're singing, dancing. And like, you know, I know now that you, you are, you praise dance now. So like you, like you, little things like that, like singing. And like, I think we need like me theater or creating this podcast. Uh, like we need creative ways and different outlets to keep us sane and balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's kind of the key. And I think you probably got maybe more of the business and the creative, whereas I think I got the balance of it. And then Jamal got the, the creative. creative. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Jamal at some point. So y'all, y'all get to know my brother as well. Um, but I kind of think that that's when it lies with us. Like we all, we need that balance in our life. And that's kind of what, what I kind of want for people to have is, and recognize is that you can have both and you can, it's just, it's a matter of how much you can give yourself in certain places. Like you may have to, you know, reserve yourself in your, in your career, your corporate stuff, like say no to certain things so that you can be available for those creative outlets turning down certain jobs yeah <clears throat> making sure that when you interview for a job that the company fits you mm-hmm. like be considerate of who you allow to employ you yeah do they does even walking into the office feel like a place you even want to be yeah what's the co- company culture like? yeah people? what's the dress code yeah I, I am anti-blazer i'm anti-pantyhose i'm not doing i would it. never dress up for work um so i kind of want to take a turn and i feel like you know which direction i'm going to go in yep just want to give you a heads up a few years ago you were let go from your job yes correct if you could go into a bit of detail on where that how long was that it was like a year and some change how long was that period Um, for you to be unemployed almost a full year almost a year okay and i know it was a very tumultuous time for you as it was for you know the family like seeing you go through that um if you don't mind sharing or you know sharing personal things uh, in regard to that journey and what was the light for you? Ooh, okay. That's a little loaded, but I'm going to get there. You may have to redirect me. Okay. The challenge for me with losing my job was a com- a combination of things. The first thing is that it was a job that I really loved. I was able to travel on somebody else's dollar, explore the United States, wherever they told me to go, I got to go. I got to eat, see, do, experience with a group and by myself. And I still, and I was a a corporate trainer at the time. So I was also still getting that personal interaction with people and realizing that I'm, it was, so it was also hurtful because I realized that it was something I was really good at doing. It really kind of sucked because it was right on the tail end of us finishing a global project that me and another young lady who was also let go, we were the leads on. And it was like this global thing that we did and we presented it. We knocked it out the park. We presented it to all these properties Mm -hmm. across the country and our material even was used in in Asia and all that stuff. And then like a month after the project was done, it was like, okay, well, we don't need y'all no more. Bye. 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 Thanks. Thanks for um, coming up. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming over. over. <laughs> um, and so it it felt really shitty. Like my value wasn't seen, mm-hmm. and Whew. and I don't think I was able to articulate how that felt until maybe a year or so after. But I can honestly say I think that's really where kind of like my trigger was. Mm-hmm. And so and I'm getting ready to get emotional because I'm just I'm an emo. I can see it. I can see <sighs> it in my eyes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm such oh, an yeah, emotional person. Yeah, we didn't give a background on just how my sister is. My sister is very emotional. She is an empath. She can feel every fucking thing and everybody and stuff. I, I can feel and, body pains. Yeah. I can feel good energy, bad energy. I know when it's time to get the fuck up out of there. Mm-hmm. I, all of it. Mm-hmm. But this is this topic specifically, it hasn't, it's not something that we've talked about since you've been unemployed. So I think it's just kind of a little difficult for us to, again, openly talk about it and kind of revisit down that road. But I just want to make sure that, are you okay right now? Okay. That She gave me a nod. Okay. Take your time, baby. That was a church lady in the back. Waving the fan. Yeah. You got this. Um, so it kind of, it not kind of, it led me to a depression and um, extreme anxiety um, about who I was and what I meant to people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and did even you, my performance as a, as a per, not just as a professional, but as a person. So did you feel like your worth tied into your job? Unfortunately, yes. Mm. Um, because I didn't really realize that self-worth was completely independent of all of the things around you. Mm. It's literally how you feel about your own personal worthiness. That's, Com- it's literally that. Completely isolated from, from skill set, from other relationships with people. Like, it's it's, it total- is, it, it's independent of all factors in life, to be honest. Like, and I'm, I, just to kind of throw this nugget in here, in some things, I like to ask people, who, the, who are you? And oftentimes, people will say, well, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a wife, I'm a this, but they're all, I'm a philanthropist, what, whatever, (laughs) but it's all, all of those things, all of those descriptors are in relation to other people Mm -hmm. or other things that still don't have anything to do with you per se. You may have had a hand because you were the mother, you carried the baby, you know, you are an author because you wrote the book, Mm -hmm. but you were somebody before you wrote the book. Who you were drove you to the book. You think about those things as like added value to yeah, who you those are, are. Those are added value. But if I were to say, oh, who am I? Well, I'm a knowledge seeker. I am a researcher. I am, I'm beautiful. I mean, it, it, it can be affirmations, but it also can be just true facts about who you are and how you navigate life. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in this depression, anxiety experience, this question was posed on a... Uh, I can't remember where, what I was listening to. It may have been a podcast or a TV show or something like that. But that who are you question and how people respond to it really kind of resonated with me at the time. Because, again, I'm valuing myself based on my current stage in life. Mm-hmm. You know, jobless, alone. But at, and, and really at that time, yes, I was alone, but I was really lonely because I felt like because there were only a handful of us let go. I felt singled out. Mm-hmm. Almost too, and there and again, like there personal, were, like per, it felt personal. very personal, um, because there are other components to that involved, um, and so, you know, at one point I made a decision to get up and start working out because I was endorphins like, going. Me and Criminal Minds became best friends during that time. Mm-hmm. Like I can probably you and baby baby girl baby baby, <laughs> baby girl. girl. You know, and some of those episodes still make me cry because I've just gotten so attached to these characters that became my friends because I was lonely, mm-hmm. right? And cr- don't get me wrong, Criminal Minds is an excellent show if you like crime dramas and stuff like that. But I realized as I was laying there, I was like, 
I'm literally laying here all day because if you don't know, I on TV and another channel literally play Criminal Minds all day long yeah. from like 8 a.m. to like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Okay. It's like the Golden Girls of crime television. Yeah, yeah. or the SV, <laughs> like, it's like an it's SVU. the SVU of, of, of if, well, what kind of crimes do they do? Uh, well, everything. Yeah, they do everything. But it's like, it's almost like catching an episode of SVU. It's almost always on yeah. TV. But I realized as I was laying there when one early one morning, because my body hadn't been deprogrammed from, you know, getting up early and stuff like yeah. that. I was like, okay. And this is after maybe weeks of putting in applications and getting rejected, rejected, like literally because re- I'm not the type of person that will sit there and do nothing as my default, right? Life knocks me down. I'm a smart person though. Like, I know that I'm going to lose this job. I need to figure out how to sustain myself and then get another job, right? So I was getting unemployment, which was cool. It it helped basically meet me at my needs. But I'm like, this money's going to run out. I got to get a job. But it was really um, even tearing down at my self-worth again. Because again, I hadn't really acknowledged my worth outside of other things. Mm -hmm. That every time I got rejected for a job, it just felt like I kept getting stabbed in my heart over and over Mm -hmm. and over and it was just like you know after getting like I think I finally got fed up so right before I got to the point of like saying just fuck this shit I'm not doing it anymore I'm just going to lay here I like literally submitted the application and within an hour I got rejected like how y'all couldn't have even looked at it that quickly it's not possible so I was just like fuck this I'm done now I'm now I'm laying here I'm not doing shit I was like I'll just wait for another month or whatever but I was slowly eating myself to death in a way because I was eating like all of the the foods that make you feel good in the moment, but don't do anything beneficial for your body. It's like as soon as you finish eating, you're just like, like Ugh. why the fuck did I? Why do that? did I do that? So and I wasn't even really even drinking heavily initially, engaging in it like recreational smoking or nothing like that. I wasn't. I didn't really do those things. as coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. per se not to say that I didn't drink but they weren't really coping mechanisms for me Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that but I I was and I didn't let me pick back up so I was laying there watching Criminal Minds I was like well at the very least girl you gotta get the fuck up like you just you you can't just lay here me and my couch became best friends I was like I just I gotta get up I looked up a gym I went to the the first class was free I really liked it it was like a small class environment they did classes only it was mainly women's gym not women only but it was woman owned and all of that good stuff the class schedule met mine because I didn't have a fucking schedule yeah you know so I could do perfect I could do whatever I wanted I was working out like a beast I had lost a good amount of the weight that I had put on so Um, was exercising your life is that what you feel like what got you I feel like it was the first I feel like it was the first step first step was getting up and exercising and I'm not saying that exercising would work for everybody but that's not what this is about no it's about it's about me you yeah it's about me so exercising worked for me and it gave me a boost of energy that I needed just to even be outside to do the normal things like go to the grocery store yeah so I could have food in my refrigerator while I'm out here yeah exercise but but I didn't even feel it wasn't even a begrudging feeling anymore it was like okay well there's Whole Foods down the street I mean I don't have Whole Foods money but I can go and get a smoothie and then go to the grocery then I can go to HB so I would do that and that was kind of like my treat was getting one or two things out of Whole Foods if you know if the budget allowed for it and then Mm -hmm. I would go down to the other grocery store and do do the real (laughs) yeah get the real stuff that worked and then it stopped working and it stopped working because because I decided that it would be a good idea to date at the same time where I'm going through this depression. Mm-hmm. 
So you thought that maybe if I have somebody different in my life or somebody can bring some, like you said, the added value. Yeah, I was talking with a guy before I started really dating, but he was a single father and he worked a, a unique schedule. And so there wasn't really a way that I could get what I thought I needed from him mm-hmm. um, because of those layers. So I was like, well, obviously I need somebody here with me because mm-hmm. this and in, in this phase, I was lonely. Yeah. So I just kept dating on, you know, on the dating sites and finding people. And I didn't really go on that many dates, but I got into a relationship with a person who unbeknownst to me in the beginning was also suffering from depression. Mm hmm. And anxiety. And what I didn't know then, but what I know now, or I want to say, I wouldn't even say that I didn't know it, but it didn't occur to me because I got what I needed. I had a body, right? Yeah. But it didn't occur to Girl. me. <laughs> you know, I wanted Wait, to. That's the same shit that I'll be saying, like, yo, I just, for real, for I just need a body that's near me. Like, yeah, just- <laughs> you know, and, you know, though, having a body nearby does feel good. It it feels reassuring. It's it's wanted, desired, wanted, desired, which was satisfying that kind of self worth that I still had plugged into other outlets, not my own. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even a level of security as well that. I think like when you're lonely, you probably feel less secure in terms of not just stability, but literally safety. Again, because you may not have cultivated self-worth or dependence or strength in that root chakra or whatever, however you want to call it, that that becomes a need that you may need you may believe you need satisfied is that feeling of security that another body can bring. Mm -hmm. But his depression and my depression and anxiety literally met up and they were holding hands and they would not let go. That sounds awful. So it was, uh, codependent isn't the word. And it, and I, and I'll say this, like, were y'all working on yourselves? Like, okay. So here's the problem. I was working on myself, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't working on himself in the right way. Okay. Um, he was doing what he thought would work, and he was literally throwing himself into his business instead of addressing the things that also needed to be addressed. Because he had a lot of kind of broken agreements in his past that really should have been nurtured in some way. Mm-hmm. And because of who I am, I thought that I could help nurture those things. I thought I could help mend those broken fences or... You ain't a therapist, girl. I'm not a therapist. I don't have a license. I'm not his mother. You can be a listening ear and provide advice. For me, it's like I want to be that type of partner. But I realized that when you want to be that type of partner... You also have to have a partner that's willing to receive that type of help from you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the imbalance of energy started. I wanted to help so bad he didn't want the help. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't in it. And at first, again, self-worth, I thought he didn't want my help. He just didn't fucking want any help. He didn't want anything at that time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how he's doing now, but I would imagine that some of the stuff I have tried to instill or talk about or work through Mm -hmm. has probably come up again for him. And now he's thinking, okay, that girl was onto something. Well, let's hope that he's in a a good place now. Yeah, let's put that good energy out there. I really do. I really hope that he's doing very well. I I really do. Now, you've been unemployed. You've gone through depression, severe anxiety. You got in a relationship during that time. Now, you started to exercise. What was that next step after? Somewhere in there, after I started this relationship, I did get a new job. And a couple of months had passed. And I was getting used to the job. And I had stopped working out because 
the schedule, my schedule was considerably different mm-hmm. now. So I couldn't go to these classes anymore. <clears throat> you Were you out of your depression when you got your new job? I was not. And that's exactly where I'm going. That's where I, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where I was going too. <laughs> exactly. Where I, I, yes. Again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you were there. I was there. I'm so here. I, I'm, here. I'm going, that's again. exactly where I'm going. And in fact, it got worse because I thought I, I had, oh yeah, I got a new job. And then two months later, this random flood happened and I lost my car. My car was the first thing that I had bought with my own money. Mm-hmm. I loved that car to death and I had no control over how it got taken away from me. It's not that I Car- crashed Carmen it. Elantra. Carmen Elantra, the baddest bitch on the block. I didn't have any control over how I lost her. Went to bed, woke up at six o'clock in the morning getting dressed for work and my boyfriend at the time was like, you ain't going nowhere. And I was like, nigga, fuck you because we had been arguing the night before. Okay. So I'm <laughs> like, like, fuck so you. So aggressive in the morning. Oh my gosh. So, and I didn't say, I didn't say it that loud because again, it's six o'clock in the morning so, and I, and I try not to, I don't, it, Get out my face. personally, I would prefer to not start off my day talking especially not with conflict Mm -hmm. but we had already been beefing so it's kind of like and i was like fuck you mean and he was like okay go look at go look outside and there's my car sitting under four or five feet of water and so that was triggering for me in a couple of ways because we had lost our home in like 2001 june 8th 2001 during a tropical depression um, bitch named Allison came through and just kind of wrecked shop on Houston. Came home one day after a drill team competition and all of our possessions were out on the street because they had been covered in water and all of that good shit. Um, and so we never, as a family, never really talked about that and how it made us feel. And I think maybe, and I kind of feel like I was the only one that may have been the most negatively impacted just because of how I experienced my feelings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and to me, I was like, yeah. yeah and for, and for, and for, and, and, and not, not, I don't think I was the most negatively impacted. I just think that I, I experienced the breadth of my emotions. And so for me, it was just way more intense than it might have been for anybody else in the family. Mm-hmm. Losing this car in literally the same manner, oh, we'll, we'll go to sleep, wake up, and your shit is gone. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, it, like, it felt like a big fuck you, right? And then I was able with Like, life was just like, yeah, we got you this yeah. job, but... But psh, now you can't you get to work. No, you can't get to work. You can't go nowhere. And your boss don't know... If they she really can believe you yeah. or not, because <laughs> they don't know you, they don't know you. I only been there two months. Mm-hmm. And but we, I just want, I just want to go back and clarify because I know we, we just just touched on it. But you getting a new job, like so, being let go was the trigger for your anxiety and depression. But getting a new job was not the cure for being that. getting a job did not cure anything, and losing the car was a further trigger because now again I stopped working out so I lost those endorphins that energy and all that stuff that I was getting working out because when you when you when you work out your body and your mind when you have all that stimulation negative things don't weigh as heavy or they don't have a hard of an impact when they happen because you are maintaining body mind and spirit essentially so I lost the car but I got a new car within a month or two and I was working in my job but I just didn't feel right the inside of my body was shaking all of the time like it I don't know if you guys have ever used or seen a tuning fork, but it literally felt like you pluck a tuning fork and my body was just doing that every day, every minute of every hour of every day. Mm-hmm. I was just so sad and upset and I just couldn't, I was like, I don't get it. And I talked to one of my friends and I was like, listen, she was seeing, um, I like to call her a life coach. And she was seeing this person. I was like, friend, listen, I know I have a new car. I know I've got a new job now. I know that things are looking a lot better than they were six 
eight months ago, but I don't However, feel yeah. I don't feel right. This I don't feel good. I don't I don't I don't know what's wrong. And now is the time where I'm starting to realize that I have depression. I didn't realize even when I lost my job. Like not that I didn't realize it, but I wouldn't have called it depression then. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, something is really deep, wrong. Deep, it was yeah. it went it got deep. It wasn't um, just me being sad. It's like, yeah, it was like, oh, this these feelings. Are, I can't shake. I can't they, shake them. I can't. Be, I'm gonna feel like this forever. Yeah, it, it. There was nothing. There was no temporary satisfaction. No, and now I started to drink more. Mm-hmm. Then I started to smoke more. Um, and my partner, I just chalked it up to him being in, an indulgent type of personality, which he is, but he was also cope, but from things that I hadn't known about yet mm-hmm. or I was slowly learning about at the time yeah even through the drinking and the smoking there were I mean we had great time together like laughing joking playing like all of those things were happening but as soon as I was done laughing I went back to shaking on the inside again. a great time can also be a toxic time a great time can most definitely be a toxic time because it's a distraction like you're you it you are using that great moment as a oh things are looking better now and then you realize as soon as that moment is over, this mm-hmm. shit ain't better. And I, and then when you realize that you don't know what to do to make it better, at least I was comfortable enough to know that going to find a therapist or someone like a therapist is an okay thing. Yeah. Like I can have therapy in Jesus. I don't need to only cling to the Bible. The Bible yeah. And that's to, something that you had to shake, shake off and learn. Because, I had to you know, learn that. Up, I had to learn. Up. And, and honestly it wasn't really more so of a thing that I had to unlearn to get to the step to go to therapy. Cause I didn't have a problem. I had been, I had been in anger management previously. Um, not too long after I got out of college, mm-hmm. I realized that because this feeling, these feelings that I had were so bad that I had to share it with my family because I knew that the way that I was acting during family dinners was noticeable. And when I say acting, I was literally not acting. I would literally sit there quiet the whole time, maybe eat three or four bites of my food and then run to the bathroom. And I wouldn't necessarily engage in a lot of conversation with my family and things like that. And so I was like, okay, maybe they notice, maybe they don't. I don't know because we don't talk about feelings like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say if anybody noticed, it would be mom. I think if it was obvious, it would be dad. Like if it was something subtle, like mom would definitely pick up on it. And dad, he would... Kat, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's going on? What's going on today? What you doing? What you doing um, over there? You barely eating. So I think if it was obvious, then it would be yeah. Yeah. So. Um. But but I knew that something wasn't right, and I felt like because I was able to notice a change in my behavior, mm-hmm. that it was very obvious, at least to my family. Mm-hmm. And it probably wasn't like like you were just saying. Like mom probably picked up on it, but not everybody else because mm-hmm. we kind of function in our own worlds for the most part like we can come together and have conversations but picking up on nuances is not a strength in our family as a unit Uh, like as a unit you good because i'm I'm one of those like if you say you good you good Mm -hmm. to me like unless you tell me that you're you're going through something i'm not gonna understand and i'm not gonna get it i'm not i don't pay attention to people Mm -hmm. as much as i think that i do yeah and i know that i pay attention to everything or i pick up on everything so for me it was like and not only am I sitting here like unable to eat, but I'm like, everybody's staring at me. Oh my God, how am I going to fix this? Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, I started going to see this life coach and she, she is a believer, but she was very human. If that's, if that's a way, like she wasn't a holy roller, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, because she gave very relevant real life experiences, comparisons to her own personal life and the things that she had been through, um, that mirrored some of the things that I was feeling and going through as well. Mm -hmm. Even with my relationship, she gave me some insight about things that would happen that actually did end up happening. Mm -hmm. She was the one that recommended that I get medication actually Mm -hmm. set out to search, 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 are you trying to say a drug name? Yes. Okay. Y'all, the the depressed folks out there know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's the it's the generic version of Zoloft, maybe. Sure. Um, but shout out to shout, shout out to that and to the depression too. Hey, bitch, I don't fuck with you no more. Yeah. But I see you. We see each other. Yeah. Over, um, over there. Just stay over there. Stay on your side of the street. So taking the medication was a plus and a minus for me. So I didn't really, when I started taking the medicine, I was like, God damn it, I'm fucking crazy. I've got medication now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a nutcase. I've officially lost You thought you it. were going down that yeah, path Yeah, like, of... this is like, I'm okay, now next I'm going to develop bipolar, and mm-hmm. now I'm going to... You're going to be that person in the family. Yeah, I'm going to be that person. <laughs> that person. That one. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. Well, here we go. Down this... And then I sent myself down my own rabbit hole, mm-hmm. right? A hole that I created that didn't even exist outside of the depression. It, the hole didn't even exist, but I, I dug it and jumped right head first. Mm-hmm down this hole and I started taking the medication and it that specifically treated the depression it did Amen. not treat the anxiety mm-hmm. in fact the first time I started taking it it triggered the anxiety a little bit because the dosage was too high mm-hmm. so if you get medicated and you feel like you're more anxious than you were before ask the person who um, wrote your prescription to adjust the percentage so milligrams dosage dosage yeah okay. that's the word thank yeah. you so don't be able to don't be afraid to speak yeah, up don't for be yourself afraid to speak up and, for yourself yeah. because i remember because the doctors day, ain't always right they're not always right they just and they don't and they literally can only unless they're empathic too which they won't tell you if they are not for them if they're like licensed professionals they probably won't tell you they are only giving you the medicine based on how you're telling them that you feel and their best assessment Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily those things don't necessarily align at the same place they may intersect here and there but they Mm -hmm. may come out of the intersection you know um you just gotta be able to speak up just be be comfortable and that was probably my first time kind of advocating for myself too Mm -hmm. and i and the reason the i knew it because i was i found myself sitting at work maybe an hour or two after i took the medication and i was just staring at the wall for maybe 30 to 45 minutes Mm. and I couldn't my thoughts were clear but I couldn't physically function Mm -hmm. and I don't really remember it wasn't like a stuck feeling it was just like a it almost felt like I had eaten an edible but also smoked a batch that made you paranoid at the same time sounds fun it sounds fun sounds my idea fun (laughs) it sounds fun when you're not depressed got it Yes, but when you're depressed, you again. I remember I dug a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I jumped down head first. So now I'm like, oh fuck! I don't woke up all the demons in my brain. Yeah, now I'm in this hole and somebody just took the ladder out. Yeah, and my lighter don't work no more. Yeah, okay. And so I called my boyfriend and I was like, I can't move. 
like I could I could function somewhat but I was like I've literally been sitting here for 45 minutes staring at the wall and he was like and I went through and told him what happened he was like okay well you need to call her and ask her blah 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 go back to the doctor and see yada 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 and and he was and he offered to come pick me up Mm -hmm. too um which he was really great at things like that um which is why I stayed in that relationship so much longer than I needed to um at least through the depression part because he did a lot of things for me that helped snap me out of the dark moments Mm -hmm. and him snapping me out of the dark moments I just realized him helping me snap out of the dark moments made me feel like he was the right person for me because he cared because he cared enough to know how to meet me at my need Mm -hmm. but then as the relationship evolved he was also taking away my peace at the same time Mm -hmm. that's another story for another podcast yeah Yeah, that's uh maybe i'll develop that one we'll see (laughs) (laughs) like let's talk shit about your ex what what that may be a podcast. Uh, I got plenty of time. Do you feel, do you feel like you're at peace right now? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so if you feel like you're yeah. at peace, like what does peace look like to you in this moment? And how did you get here? And how do you maintain it? Peace doesn't look like anything to me. It feels like mm-hmm. for me, peace feels like I can communicate with myself and God and my intuition. And we can all sit down and have a powwow mm-hmm. about what's going on. And we can all come to an understanding and walk out and everybody's clear on what is going on and what needs to happen next. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that everything is always going the right way all the time. It doesn't mean that I didn't, I have stopped being broke. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, and I canceled that because I am not broke. Broke is not a thing. She's not a broke bitch. Broke is not a thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have moments where I'm like, oh man, that sucks. Or, you know, I wish I had did something differently. Or I wish I had said blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Those moments still come. But I have a lot more kind of confidence and assurance that what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm feeling, one, is normal and natural. And two, that everything always has an end and there's always a beginning of something else after it. Mm -hmm. Right? So if I had a depressed moment or a sad moment or a, a moment where I'm angry as shit, that moment is going to end mm-hmm. and I'm going to go into something different and I'm either going to forget about it or I've learned from whatever happened. The, pretty much life is always, it's a continuous movement. And just because you feel like you're stuck and stagnant, we, we, you just, you're going to keep flowing. You're yeah, like water. It, you're just gonna, it, you're gonna feeling keep stuck going. and stagnant is literally a temporary thing yeah. because things are always changing. They always evolve. You don't, as much as you want to stay the same, you don't have, you really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. But to evolve along, you can de- you can devolve if you want to, and you can regress. But it's not beneficial to any anything about your experience on this planet. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, peace is also me learning about my body and mm-hmm. learning about who I am, understanding the things that have made me myself. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm taking a chakra healing course, um, and. It's a three-year program, and the first year we learn about the things that have occurred in our lives, positive or negative, that have kind of impacted us the way that we are Mm -hmm. um, during different stages in life. And so I'm learning a lot about myself that maybe I knew but couldn't put a put words to it or touch it or whatever. Um, And so though that class uh, particularly 
is helping me understand better who I am and also how to relate to myself or kind of like how to relate to that inner child that was impacted, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day and how to kind of reparent her a little bit. Hmm. Now I guess on to more... I don't want to say superficial things, but more on the surface, not superficial, more on the surface things. What do you do for, you know, self-care? Your continuous habits, you're like, this is, this is it. I got to have this. I got to be. Um, aromatherapy has kind of been a staple in my, in my journey, journey or routine or in mm-hmm. my house, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're going to find a bottle of some sort of oil somewhere on my person in my oh, car. I wanted to sing a, a Whitney Houston light a candle aromatherapy anyway so <laughs> so bathtub um, bubbles surrounded me there's the things in the background sound just like her you you sound exactly <laughs> i thought it was here that's why i got so quiet yeah thought you thought was i was like you thought i brought her here like so aromatherapy has been helpful for me because um you can say it's frou-frou if you want but I feel like everything from the earth and the ground and all of the fruits thereof, shout out to church, um, have a beneficial properties to our senses. With inc- incorporating aromatherapy, you can literally change your thought process in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Um, and so that has been helpful, especially like in my morning routine. Um, like during my depression, as I was coming out of it, I started playing certain songs that were geared towards empowering a woman. Um and I would either light some incense or put on my diffuser in the morning while I'm showering. And then after a while, I started meditating quite often in mm-hmm. the morning. Um, and then I started following up my meditation with prayer. Journaling has been helpful. Even in journaling about just how I'm feeling personally or even journaling to purge. Um, so one thing that I've found to be helpful is that when I have negative feelings about a situation or a person or whatever, I write those things out get them out on paper as much as I can. Right, 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 right. Literally vomit on my paper. No, no, not literally. Wow. 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 That's not what literally, that's not what I meant. So, sorry. Figuratively vomiting. Figuratively vomiting on my paper via my pen. And then once I feel like I've gotten it all out, I burn the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. It's gone. And it's a mental representation. And it's not even any, like, random spiritual practice or anything like that like I'm consciously writing about the things that I really want to get out of my body Mm -hmm. because sometimes we get these feelings about people and situations and we repress it we it just packs down and it just keeps packing and packing and packing and you layer it with stuff and then you see something on tv and it triggers a series of thought processes about how much you hate that motherfucker because they did you don't realize why it's still there and it's just like oh wait and this happened five years ago but you never thought to get rid of it in some way. You never talked about it because you thought therapy is stupid. Yeah. You never told your friends because you didn't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. And those things can still be true. You can still think that therapy is stupid. I'm telling you it's not, though, I promise. And you can still feel like if you tell your friends you'll be embarrassed. But you you owe it to yourself to get rid of the negative things that are storing in your body before they yeah. cause you physical ailments. And I was like, cause fuck how you're perceived by others when it comes to your healing. Literally, like, <laughs> you, you should not give a shit about what anybody thinks about you when you're going through the process of healing yourself. And you have to heal yourself first before you can really even bother to heal anybody else. Mm-hmm. There's no point in you trying to be this whole person for your children or your partner 
or whatever when you are just broken as fuck on the inside Mm -hmm. because something happened as a kid because you know you fell out with one of your parents because somebody died and you never got over it or you know it could be any number of things but you owe it to yourself to do that and I'm very aware that I owe it to myself to get rid of things no matter how small they may be Mm -hmm. or be perceived to the other to other people that I should get rid of them Mm -hmm. and what in whatever way that looks like I mean, you owe it to yourself. Like, I there's really there's that episode, I don't know if y'all watch Iyanla Fix My Life, but she had one of these men screaming into a hole in the ground. And it sounds stupid, but when you think about him screaming about his pain and releasing it into the earth because he's never had permission to do that before because he thought he needed permission to even feel mm-hmm. his feelings, as goofy as it looked on TV... When you think about what that represents, it's really a purging, cleansing type of thing that everybody should do in their own way. Mm-hmm. You don't literally have to yell in a hole in the ground. Yeah. Again. You just have to find what works mm-hmm. for you. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you've also mentioned the ways in which, on the surface, that you also maintain self-care. Because, like I said, I want this to be a resource for other people mm-hmm. to take things. So if they feel like they need to go to the forest and dig a hole and scream. And do it. Do it. So... I want to wrap it up with one last question. Uh, I don't know how deep this is going to go, but. Honey, bitch, you love for me. Tell me what it's going to be. So, so she was looking at me when I was singing Out of Nowhere, and now she wants to do it. I'm I'm so influential, guys. Ugh. Are you serious? Dead Are ass, you serious? Dead right? ass. Dead ass serious. <laughs> uh, lastly, so what is your hope for your future self? What? That is such a deep, deep question. I see her. She, she was drinking. It was just like, she was drink like her face is like, she was drinking something like super sour. Like the fuck is, what, what did you just ask me? She could have told, like, I feel like she could have told me that she was going to ask me about my future self. Cause it's almost like same in a job interview. So tell me about yourself. Okay. And you see how they have never changed that question. That has been a consistent question in job interviews. It is literally so, the worst question so, ever. So here we are. What is I know and it's and it's pretty general and I'm gonna make it general just so that you can so that you can focus on whatever it is that you want to focus on for yourself. I don't want to I don't want to make it so it's just whatever okay whatever the the room the energy is calling you to say. However, let him use you. Let However, use the you. spirit moves yes. you. So I see myself operating a couple of businesses full time, leaving corporate America for good or maybe just keeping a part-time job so I can keep some of the benefits that I thoroughly enjoy that comes with working in the hospitality industry it looks like travel global travel it looks like feeling at peace and at rest more often than not Mm -hmm. like I want to feel settled no matter what decision I'm making no matter what stage of life I'm in no matter what's happening in the world around me I want to feel settled and resolved in who I am and the things that I know to be true. I love that. Is there anything that you want to share that I have not asked or we have not touched on that you want to share for um, those that are listening? I want, this is especially for women but men probably need to hear this. Men need to hear this too. They'll be listening. But I can, I, no, they'll absolutely be listening. I know they'll be listening. Sure, sure uh, it wasn't a matter of that, but I feel like as women, we are not really conditioned to do things for ourselves um, because we're taught that our identity lies in being a mother, a wife, a this, a that. And so we often 
granted I, I'm, none of those things apply to me but for those of you that do because I feel like I'm in the minority here mm-hmm. you don't have to seek out permission to take care of yourself you give your own self permission to take care of yourself and if taking care of yourself me- means cutting off a toxic relationship with a, a family member if it means dropping your kids off at the daycare for a couple of hours just so you can go home and take a nap. Mm-hmm. If it means turning your phone all the way off and going to a sip and paint class and sit there and sip and paint and you don't have a lick of art skill in the world, but you're going to go and you're going to sit there with a room full of strangers and live your best life painting and sipping. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all of those things that do that because it's one of my favorite self-care things. Painting is so therapeutic. It is. It really is. Thank you, Catherine. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I really appreciate this conversation. And I know that I got a lot out of it from it. I know that those that are listening have received some. So, yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're quite welcome. Have me back. I'll be back. Maybe I'll plug a business or two. Yeah. Speak it into the world. Speak it into existence.